The floors have been swept, we've got the mop out, and we're ready to keep on cleaning up around here. It's the Thursday Y'all Show. So good to have you back here for a two-hour ride down a country back road in the Southland. I'm your host, John Rawl, and we have an incredible show coming your way today, my friends. Headlines from across the South, and then later this hour, we're going to put the spotlight on Mayberry. And if you grew up watching the Andy Griffith Show, you're in for a real treat as April Linville of the Andy Griffith Museum in Mount Airy, North Carolina is going to be our special guest. They're getting ready in Mount Airy in a couple days to host the 30th annual Mayberry Days Festival. And Abigail's going to be on to let us know what all goes on there, what members of the original Andy Griffith Show cast will actually be there in attendance at Mount Airy. And it's going to be so much fun catching up with Abigail Linville of the Andy Griffith Museum in our special spotlight of Festive South. One of the great places in the South you can go to before we turn the page to October. And that tribute to Andy Griffith and his hometown is going to be coming up in just a few minutes here on the Y'all Show. And if that's not enough star power here on this Thursday Y'all Show, well, we're going to keep it in North Carolina for the second hour. And we'll have our SEC spotlight. Now, what in the world is coming out of North Carolina that has to do with the Southeastern Conference? Well, my friend, something pretty important for the SEC emanates from the state of North Carolina. It would be the SEC network. And one of the faces, one of your one of your prime characters of that network, Peter Burns, is going to be on with me in the second hour of today's show. And we're going to learn more about this guy who grew up in Louisiana and how he's been a part of the SEC Network now for five years. And he does a wonderful job. He works his fanny off this time of year, plus the rest of the year, too, but especially during the college football season. Peter Burns of the SEC Network will learn his story, and we'll also go through some headlines across the Southeastern Conference to let you know about. But we'll also get Peter's take on this third weekend of college football. We'll find out from him who's going to walk away victorious, perhaps, in college football on the SEC side of things. That in our Southeastern Conference Spotlight in Hour 2. Plus, we have a feature called Buy the Book to get the second hour going today, where we look at all the hot-selling books. We actually have some breaking news on the best-selling front that we'll tell you when we get to the top of the second hour. We no longer have a book that's been a mainstay at number one atop the bestsellers list. So that is heading your way here on this all-Southern program. If you'd like to be a part of y'all, it's extremely easy to do. All you have to do is pick up your telephone or eh, maybe you're not one of those that picks up phones. You kind of like dial it in from the cabinet. You, you got it over there. You, ne- you never actually hold it. Or maybe you've got it stuck in your console in your car or truck. Well, just pick up that phone or hold that phone or get somebody to do the, the heavy lifting for you and hit us up with the, the number 803-816-1170. That's how you can text, and that's the way you can communicate with us 24-7 with a question, comment, feedback, anything you want to know. Hey, if you got a question for Peter Burns of the SEC, how does he have that perfect hair every time when you tune in to the SEC network? He's got a lot better hair than that uh, the Paul Feinbaum feller. Oh, yeah, Peter Burns. Burns, maybe you've got a question for him. Maybe you've got a question for Mayberry and Abigail Linville coming up at the end of this hour, 803-816-1170. Our website is y'all.com. And let me just go ahead and tell you, come Tuesday of next week, 
the editor of y'all will be on with us clark shelton so much excitement going on on the ultimate guide to the south and clark's going to map it out for you we've got some college football stuff going on there right now but also plenty of good fashion info plenty of good oktoberfest information halloween's right around the corner clark's been working on some really neat stuff in terms of halloween and some places that you may want to stay away from if you're a little wimp like i am (laughs) all that will be discussed when clark shelton is our special guest on the tuesday y'all show so we we got plenty of wonderful stuff the sec network better look out because the y'all network is fast approaching them and we cannot be any more excited about that all right let's look at headlines from across dixie and on wednesday we celebrated the 18th anniversary of september 11th and president trump honored the victims of that very fateful day he had an event at the white house and went over to the pentagon as well for something and and the headlines coming out of the september 11th commemorations that were happening on wednesday i found this story that i just have to share with you as we start our headlines we've got some other troubling stories from across the region to tell you but here on this thursday as we look back on wednesday's 18th anniversary of september 11 2001 and the terror attacks how about this story coming from the mid-south on that day september 11 2001 tierney crutcher was born and her mother went into labor with her she was born september 11 2001 And so on Wednesday, on her 18th birthday, Tierney was sworn in as a Navy seaman recruit at a recruiting station in the Memphis area. And this is wonderful news for this Memphis high school graduate who grew up an accomplished bowler and grew up with America at war these entire 18 years. And now going into the United States Navy here, this kid born on Uh, September 11th of 2001, now turning 18, heading to boot camp, and then we'll go to sonar technician training. Pretty neat story. And if there's any good stories that can come out of September 11th, how about the legacy here of Tierney Crutcher of Memphis joining the United States Navy? Fair winds and following seas, I guess is what we need to say to her in her great future ahead in our armed forces. Sad news coming out of Oklahoma City. T. Boone Pickens, the 91-year-old billionaire, the oil tycoon, he passed away as Pickens was surrounded by friends and family when he died of natural causes under hospice care. And he actually died in Dallas. That's where his home. But, of course, he had a lot of interest in Oklahoma and Oklahoma State University, which he gave lots of money to through the years. T. Boone Pickens suffered a series of strokes back in 2017 and was hospitalized that July after what he called a Texas-sized fall. He grew up in a small railroad town in Oklahoma. He followed his father into the oil and gas business, and after just three years, he formed his own company and built a reputation as a oil maverick, unafraid to compete against oil industry giants. And he was very, very successful. Former President George W. Bush, he said in a statement that Pickens became a household name because he was bold, imaginative, and daring. And in his career, he championed renewable energy, including wind power. He argued that the United States needed to reduce its dependence on foreign oil. He also sought out politicians to support his Pickens plan, which envisioned an armada of wind turbines across the middle of the country that could generate enough power to free up natural gas for use in vehicles. T. Boone Pickens, 
He has passed away at the age of 91. His net worth in 2007 was $3 billion, and that eventually slid below a billion dollars and off the magazine's list of wealthiest Americans. And I don't know what caused that, perhaps a, a slump in the oil and gas industry, but maybe he gave a lot of it away. He was definitely a benefactor to a lot of causes. Primarily, I would say his alma mater, Oklahoma State University, which the football stadium now bears his name. And he gave $100 million for endowed faculty positions at the Stillwater University. And T. Boone Pickens dying on Wednesday at the age of 91. A Florida man has been convicted of fatally shooting two police officers and now could be sentenced to death. 47-year-old Everett Glenn Miller was found guilty and convicted of first-degree murder on Wednesday. A 12-member jury will return in November to decide whether the U.S. Marine Corps veteran should receive life in prison or a death sentence. The prosecutors in the Kissimmee area say that Kissimmee police officer Matthew Baxter was conducting a routine check into three suspicious people in 2017 when Everett Glenn Miller drove up and started asking why the officer was bothering people. And that's when Sergeant Richard Howard responded to the scene and Miller argued with the two officers and ultimately he shot Howard and Baxter in their heads and then repositioned both bodies before firing again at their faces. He was later arrested at a bar, but now guilty of killing these two police officers in the central Florida area. And good luck there with the prosecution and the sentencing of this man, a cop killer times two horrible situation coming out of Florida. More news coming out of Florida. In Tallahassee on Wednesday, a man was suspected of stabbing five people at a construction supplies business and was an employee who had been asked to leave work because of an incident with coworkers. The interim police chief of Tallahassee, Stephen Outlaw, identified the suspect as 41-year-old Antoine Brown. Outlaw, the uh, Tallahassee policeman, says that Brown was using a pocket knife, appeared to seek out certain colleagues at the Dyke Industries facility in Tallahassee. And Brown clocked in for a normal shift, but was soon asked to clock out because of an incident with coworkers. And we don't know much more about that, but the coworkers fended him off with sticks and whatever they could grab, and they pinned him down, but he managed to escape. He was caught by officers outside the facility. A spokesperson for the Tallahassee Memorial Health Care says none of the patients are in critical condition. That's great news. And the hospital spokesperson says one is in serious condition, two are in fair condition, another in good condition. This again after a workplace stabbing incident of which five people were stabbed in Tallahassee on Wednesday. Hey, Michael Jordan, we haven't heard a whole lot about him now that he's kind of transitioned to being an NBA owner with the Charlotte Hornets over the last couple of years. But how about this story coming in from MJ? He's pledged a million dollars for hurricane relief in the Bahamas. The six-time NBA champion and North Carolinian pledging to help out organizations assisting with Hurricane Dorian relief efforts in the island nation of the Bahamas. In a statement put out this week through his spokesperson, he said that he's devastated the destruction in the Bahamas, adding, my heart goes out to everyone who's suffering and to those who have loved ones lost he owns property and frequently visits the bahamas and he says the recovery and relief efforts continue he'll be tracking the situation closely and working to identify nonprofit agencies where the funds will have the most impact and michael jordan added that the bahamian people are strong and resilient and i hope that my donation 
will be of help as they work to recover from this catastrophic storm. Good job, Michael Jordan, who, of course, his hometown is Wilmington, North Carolina, which has seen more than its share of tropical storms and hurricanes passing through and causing lots of damage through the years. And now Michael Jordan helping out the nation of the Bahamas. Good on you, as they would say in the Bahamas. Y'all ready for some librarian news? Let's go to Nashville. The American Library Association has asked the public for help to press Macmillan publishers to rethink a planned embargo on electronic copies of new releases to public libraries. The publishing house recently announced that beginning on the 1st of November, it will allow library systems to purchase only a single electronic copy of its new releases during the first eight weeks after a publication comes out. Some of those systems serve millions of patrons. And that could be a problem. If you like to go to the library, you may want to see it more than once. Macmillan is one of the largest book publishers operating in the country. And we'll find out if this goes forward. The executive director of the Library Association, Mary Gekas, announced the campaign to pressure Macmillan during the Digital Book World Conference held in Nashville this week. The organization is asking readers to sign a petition at ebooksforall.org. They're also promoting the campaign at local libraries and at the nashville public library this was an announcement held there and we actually had some examples of that put there at the library libraries have to pay 55 dollars for a digital copy of margaret atwood's much anticipated new book the new the testaments rather while the retail price is 14.99 the nashville library tries to buy enough copies of popular new releases that patrons have to wait no more than three and a half months to read them For Delia Owens' Where the Crawdads Sing, which came out last year, that meant purchasing 358 digital copies, and there are still around 2,000 people on the waiting list to get Where the Crawdads Sing, which I guess it doesn't cost the public anything when they get these books, but that number starts adding up. You think, hey, these, these people can make a lot of money, these book publishers, by having these digital copies, and just in Nashville alone, the Library system there spent seven hundred thousand dollars on ebooks alone in the fiscal year for last year. Who knew? Who knew? That's your library news of the day. Okay, let's go to an endangered sea turtle story coming from Florida. As a sea turtle there is recovering after being shot in the neck with a spear. Golly, this happened off the Florida Keys. A boater found the 150-pound turtle in distress and entangled in black rope attached to a buoy near Key Largo over the weekend. And the boater found the speared turtle, hoping to get him out and get him up and going again. Endangered sea turtle. It's now recovering, thankfully, just off the Keys there in Florida. But what a terrible thing. Maybe it was an accident. We don't know what happened there, but probably meanness, absolute meanness. Poor turtle there. Splinter, that's what we're calling this turtle, underwent emergency turtle at the Turtle Hospital in Marathon, Florida, to remove the spear. And officials do believe the spearing was a deliberate act. And the hospital manager of the Turtle Hospital said it's highly unlikely this was an accident. And video posted to the hospital's Facebook page shows Splinter swimming around a small pool. And we hope that Splinter looks good in the water and ends up being back in the wild perhaps a five thousand dollar reward been offered for information that leads to the culprit of who shot splinter in the neck and hopefully it was not a red neck that shot splinter the endangered sea turtle good news splinter's still alive 
still with us. And we still have headlines from across the South that we're going to get to. And a reminder, at the end of this hour, we're going to go to Mount Arid, North Carolina, hometown of Andy Griffith. And we're going to be talking with Abigail Linville of the Andy Griffith Museum, talking about Mayberry Days, which is coming up just a couple of days. All that to come on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at vistaprint.com. Own the now. Headlines continue here on the Thursday Y'all Show, Hour 1, and in Hour 2, we will have our SEC Spotlight. Peter Burns of the SEC Network will be joining us here on today's Y'all Show. Can't wait for that conversation. And we still have headlines here in this segment. want to remind you that we've got some fun stuff coming up here in just a second in our headlines. A member of KISS is an honorary law enforcement officer. Say what? And Mississippi loves its fried food. Well, we now know what place has just been rated the best fried chicken in all of the Magnolia State. You'll have to go to Tupelo, and we'll tell you about it in just a second. But let's continue on with our headlines across the southeast. And, oh, no, here we go again. Hopefully, this will end up being just a foul ball. But right now, a tropical depression has a 60% chance of forming, and it's heading for the Gulf of Mexico, according to forecasters. This disturbance out right now kind of in the Gulf of Mexico, just to the west of Florida, expected there. But... It is the strengthening, and if it does strengthen and becomes a storm, it will be named Umberto. The National Weather Service in New Orleans said the system could bring higher tides and heavy rainfall to portions of southeast Louisiana and coastal Mississippi Sunday and Monday, and we don't know if it's going to impact New Orleans or not. Forecasters are also tracking two other systems in the Atlantic, and this is the historical peak of the Atlantic hurricane season, which... It ends November 30th, but hopefully all of these storms will just fizzle and not be a problem like Dorian was. But just to let you know, we've got a tropical depression somewhere out there in the tropics, and it has a 60% chance of forming and then impacting our coastal south over the weekend, just, just to let you know. 
Let's go to South Carolina, my hometown, Lexington, and a state representative there. You know, we say in South Carolina, and you probably say at whatever state you're in, that some of these politicians are like snakes. Well, this is no joke here. This is a, a really an unfortunate thing here for Chris Wooten, and we hope he's going to be okay. But Chris Wooten is a representative in the South Carolina state government from the Lexington County area. And as he was walking out the other day to let his dog out Sunday, he was attacked by a snake. And he's now recovering at home after being bitten by this venomous copperhead snake right there in his front yard in beautiful Lexington, South Carolina. He was in the intensive care unit for a few days with anti-venom being administered. But it looks like he's going to be okay. Photos of his severely swollen foot on Facebook have been out for a couple of days. And he said he slammed a brick on the snake's head and this isn't the first time an incident occurred in the republican lawmaker's front yard last year he tackled a suspect he was running from police and wandered toward his home he's a high school football coach and he pinned the suspect down until officers arrive wow chris wooten i don't know what school he's coaching but i'd like to have that guy on my team the state representative there in lexington south carolina we wish him the best after a copperhead which we have a we have a pretty large lake a freshwater lake huge lake called lake murray perhaps he lives right around the lake and that's why this copperhead was there but we have we have snakes in south carolina just like you got snakes all over the southeast uh, but copperheads aren't exactly the the go-to snake so i i don't know what's going on there perhaps this happened as a result of all the bad weather that south carolina endured at the end of last week with hurricane dory of course lexington two hours away from the coast so not sure that that copperhead snake though got that brick upside its head i don't think it's doing too well these days speaking of state politics the state of tennessee just elected cameron sexton its house speaker and now he's warning officials in the state capital of nashville that he might attempt to withhold state funding due to the city's recent executive order which discourages local cooperation with immigration officials and this Republican lawmaker first made the comments while talking to a local radio show in the Nashville area. And the spokesman for the House GOP later confirmed Sexton comments to the Associated Press. Now, just last week in the biggest city in Middle Tennessee, Nashville, the state capital of the Volunteer State, Mayor David Briley there signed an executive order that criticized Tennessee's anti-sanctuary city's law as immoral and dangerous. Briley's up for re-election on Thursday, or today rather, and we'll see if he gets reelected. Of course, I think his opponent is fairly liberal, and we'll probably not see a lot of change there in Metro Nashville. But the law of Tennessee currently allows the state to withhold some funding from local governments that do not cooperate with immigration officials. And we'll find out what happens. Sexton says he was looking over a variety of options to possibly introduce during the 2020 legislative session in Tennessee that could reduce state funding to the Democratic-leaning city of Nashville. But, hey, what a start there in the speaker role for the great state of Tennessee. Here's a name that you haven't heard a lot of lately, Jeb Bush. And he's in the news for something that happened over the September 11th Memorial Day Memorial observations going on across the country as he expressed disbelief on September 11th after witnessing two incidents of travelers getting angry about security measures at an airport. Of course, in 2001, on September 11th, after the tragedies happened across the country, remember, everything got shut down. If you were alive, you know very well there were no flights for a good day or two 
and, and Jeb Bush, former governor of Florida, tweeted, I'm flying today and have seen two incidences where irate passengers are challenging basic security measures on September 11th. Amazing. I appreciate the patience and professionalism of American Airlines personnel. Pretty good statement there for American Airlines. But the the, the other Bush, the one that ran for president in 2016 and kind of got out of the race fairly early, couldn't get the nomination. Donald Trump won that. Yeah, he was pretty vocal there. I didn't know he was even on Twitter that much. But Jeb Bush bringing to our attention the great work that our airport security do and our airline personnel do. Thankfully, since September 11th of 2001, we've not had any of the kind of tragedy that we've seen. And that was bad enough what happened then. Let's never have that happen again. If there's anything good, that's one of the good things that we've not had a massive terrorist attack and in the airline world, not had it come through someone getting on planes and hijacking planes. In fact, we haven't had any hijackings, period, in all these years that I'm aware of, at least in this country. And that is a great thing because that was that was something that was going on a long time in the world that, frankly, was getting way, way out of hand. Keeping it in Florida for the next story here on the Y'all Show. A woman has been bitten in the state of Florida by a bear. And this happened just a couple of miles north of Orlando in Longwood, Florida. The woman was outside her home there with her dog early on Tuesday. And that's when Florida Fish and Wildlife officials said the bite happened just after midnight near this Longwood, Florida home. The woman let her dog out and encountered a adult female bear with two cubs. The bear bit the woman's ankle, and the dog was not hurt. That is great news. Wildlife officials said the woman's injuries are not considered life-threatening. I wonder if this is what they call the Florida brown bear or black bear. It's slightly smaller than what you'd find in the mountains, but this bear right there, again, just north of Orlando in a very populated area, kind of between Sanford, Florida, and Orlando is where you'll find Longwood and a bear out on the loose there biting this woman and looks like she's going to be okay now are you ready for a ridiculous story i'm sorry to even have to share this with you i'm sorry that the courts even had to consider this breaking news out of new orleans the nola no call lawsuit is no more as a fan has dropped his fight against the nfl An attorney and New Orleans Saints fan said Monday that he'll go no further with his court fight against the NFL over game officials' failure to call an obvious penalty at a crucial point in the January 2019 playoff game against the Los Angeles Rams. This no-call helped the Rams beat the Saints and go on to the Super Bowl. Antonio Lamont said three others sued, alleging fraud by the NFL. The case dismissed Friday by Louisiana's Supreme Court. And thankfully, this is not going to be clogging up any more of the courts nor someone else's time. And I'm sorry we're having to tell you this. You would have thought that common sense would have prevailed here. The NOLA no-call lawsuit, it's dead in the Pelican State. Thank goodness. Now, if you're in Mississippi and you're wanting some good fried chicken, and who doesn't want good fried chicken if you're in Mississippi or North Carolina or any of our great southern states? Well, a new rating has come out. And King Chicken Filling Station has been named the best fried chicken in Mississippi by the Food Network. This is in Tupelo. They now have two locations. The first is in what they call the Belden area. That's kind of northwest of downtown Tupelo off of McCullough Boulevard. I've never been there. I didn't even know this place existed until this story came out here this week. 
But according to the review of the Food Network, it says Tupelo's King Chicken Filling Station housed inside a converted gas station is consistently rated the best fried chicken in the state of Mississippi. But it's not your typical rewarmed, greasy gas station fare. Chef Mitch McKamey goes the extra mile to brine, air dry season and fry his birds and flour and meal. Well, that's about all I can say about it because I've not had it myself. However, I did see a photo of the outside of this, again, former gas station turned chicken restaurant, and they've got the hometown kid emblazoned on the side of the building, a big mural of Elvis Presley, and their logo has a chicken silhouette with a little crown on the head. Pretty neat. And if you're in Tupelo, they've got two locations, again, one kind of on the northwest side of town and one off of South Green Street in downtown Tupelo, home of Elvis Presley. Check it out king chicken filling station Mm-mm. save some of that fried bird for me please and finally let's go to texas and we have a new honorary police officer in texas i know everybody there is feeling a lot safer in wharton police the wharton police department of texas they have a honorary member now eric singer the drummer for kiss oh yeah sworn in as an honorary corporal by the wharton police department According to the department's Facebook post, Wharton is near Houston, kind of southwest of Houston, going toward El Campo. The singer wore his famous Catman makeup and costume during the ceremony before the band's concert in Houston on Monday. So don't 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 you be going to Wharton, Texas, and think you're going to get in the way with any of this mischievous activity. Eric Singer, drummer for Kiss, wow, he's ready to rock and roll you all night if you are into bad behavior and that's great news don't go to wharton texas also don't go to the town just across the river from new orleans is it marrero because that's the town that steven seagal is an honorary police force member or at least was steven seagal will wop chop you if you, if you need if you get out of hand there so that, pretty neat that we've got these celebrities of course shaquille o'neal has been involved in law enforcement i think in an honorary way but gone out on patrols and maybe there's some others out there i'm missing but we appreciate all of our law enforcement the real ones and those who are honorary members like kisses eric singer and that is a look at your headlines here on today's y'all show when we come back speaking of law enforcement hey andy griffith was a pretty darn good sheriff and when we come back we're going to go to mount Airy, north carolina abigail linville standing by and she's with the andy griffith museum and they've got mayberry days coming up here in just a couple of days and she'll tell you about all the fun there in mount Airy nc Ooh, can't wait to hear about that that's up next on y'all If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard, the bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how GEICO not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously, because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to GEICO is a no-brainer. 
Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're gonna get whiplash. to y'all talk with a southern accent as we cover all things southern news sports politics cooking and a little southern travel and if you haven't made plans to go to mount airy north carolina you need to do that especially if you're a fan of andy griffith because they've got mayberry days taking place real soon and we're going to go now to mount airy that's right along the virginia border in the old north state and Abigail Linville works at the Andy Griffith Museum as part of the Surrey Arts Council, and she's director of collections and exhibitions there at the Andy Griffith Museum, and she's our special guest. Hello, Abigail. Hello, how are you? I am doing good, and what is it like to live and work in Mayberry? Well, it's bliss, of course. It's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) And I can can honestly say that. It is a lovely, peaceful little town, and I am happy to be here. Well, we're happy, so happy for you, of course. Andy Griffith, born in Mount Airy in 1926. Sadly, we lost him back in 2012. Hard to believe it's been now seven years since we lost him at age 86, as he lived in his later years in Manteo, North Carolina, which just got hit by Hurricane Dorian the other day, by the way. So wish all those folks on the Outer Banks the best. But Andy grew up there in Mount Airy, as we said, kind of in the north end of North Carolina, right on the Virginia line. And now this hometown of his, Mount Airy, has Mayberry Days, which celebrates the Andy Griffith Show in his hometown. That's coming up September 23rd through the 29th. And this year is the 30th annual Mayberry Days. So, Abigail, tell us what's in store for this year's special celebration of 30 years of Mayberry Days. Oh, my word. We have so many activities scheduled. So, like you said, it starts on September 23rd. It goes through the 29th, so it progresses as the week goes along. So, it starts out the first of the week with a comedy show uh, with a local comedian. Uh, his name is John Floyd. He calls himself the Mouth of Mayberry. So, it's just good, clean comedy that everybody can can attend. You can bring your kids, too. Um, the next night, we actually have a special performance on Tuesday, September 24th, that I want everybody to know about. It's called Deliver Us, and it is produced by uh, Ballet Magnificat. Now, that's significant because Keith Thibodeau and Kathy Thibodeau, Keith, uh, you would know him as Little Ricky from I Love Lucy, and uh, as Johnny Paul Jason from The Andy Griffith Show, one of Opie's friends. He and his wife started this ballet company. And so they will be here during Mayberry Days to uh, have this production of Deliver Us, which is a story about uh, the Israelites' departure from Egypt So in ballet. So it's going to be really good and uh, just good, clean family um, opportunity for both the local and for visitors coming in who are coming in early. Uh, but throughout the week, we have concerts galore. We have a golf tournament. We have games. We have trivia contests. We have Mayberry Idol. Uh, we have variety shows with all of our special guests. 
Uh, so we just have a little bit of something for everyone. Um, our special guests, of course, are the main attraction. These are celebrities. These are guest stars who were actually on the Andy Griffith Show. So most people are familiar with Miss Betty Lynn. She played Thelma Lou. She actually lives here in Mount Airy. She retired here about 12 years ago, so she's going to be here. Uh, we have Maggie Peterson. You would know her as Charlene Darling. Uh, her One of her brothers, Rodney Dillard, will be with us. Together, uh, they have a show, Rodney mainly. He has the Rodney Dillard Band. Uh, and they'll be performing, and Maggie usually performs with them as well. Uh, we have Ronnie Shell. Uh, you would know Ronnie from various roles on both the Andy Griffith Show, but mostly from Gomer Powell. He played Duke Slater, ah. uh, Gomer's friend, so he's here. He'll be having a tribute show. Uh, we have Dennis Rush returning. Dennis was one of Opie's friends, and as I mentioned, Keith Thibodeau. We have a new uh, guest this year. His name is Calvin Peeler, and we are excited to have him because he was on Mayberry RFD, and he actually, um, as an African-American, wrote his way into Mayberry, is, is the title of the show. Uh, he wrote Richard Link, who was the manager and associate producer, and, and said he wanted to be on the show, and so... So uh, Richard Link flew him out and put him on an episode of Mayberry RFD. So it's a wonderful story. So he'll be recounting that during Mayberry Days. All right. We're talking with Abigail Linville, and she's with the Andy Griffith Museum in Mount Airy, North Carolina, getting ready for Mayberry Days, the 30th Mayberry Days, coming up September 23rd through the 29th. Abigail, where did the name Mayberry come from? The name Mayberry came from, it is... Um, surmise that it came from a little general store, a little trading post in Patrick County, Virginia. So it was roughly about 30 minutes away from here, um, across the Virginia line. Um, and it would have been a trading post, and it's still there to this day, so still an active store. Um, that's just the, the name of it. And that's where Andy's uh, mother's family was from, so he would have been very familiar with that area. And like many... Um, items, people, places in the show he took from this area. So while Mayberry itself is a fictitious town, he took what we call musings from this area. So people and places and infused them in the Andrew Griffith show because as he put it, he did not want it just to be someplace in the South. So he wanted it to have uh, roots and um, just be very tangible. Ah, well, he did a darn good job. Now, if you are not familiar with Andy Griffith's story, yes, it's easy to relate him as part of the Andy Griffith show or later on Matlock and all the other great work he did. But he was a couple of things. Talk about a renaissance man. I had the great fortune of interviewing him around 2004 when he had his gospel album come out. And we feature that on the pages of y'all.com and at y'all magazine. You can go in our archives and find that great interview we did with Andy Griffith. But before all of that, I guess you could go back to his starting out in showbiz he was a comedian and that's why i love the fact that y'all have comedy as part of mayberry days because andy was a darn funny guy he was he was an excellent storyteller um and so as i mentioned we have uh john floyd's show we have ronnie shell show we have karen knotts she has a comedy show and of course she's the daughter of don knotts uh so she'll be talking about life with her father in the andy griffith show um we also have henry cho Uh, many people might be familiar with him he will be performing at our big uh golf tournament um and entertainment dinner our country buffet which is on thursday september 26th so 
comedy is very important because, like you said, he did he got his uh, his start. Um, he became famous from a little monologue called "What It Was Was Football," <laughs> and that's where it all started. And um, comedy was at his root, I guess you would say. It was that was his his comfort zone, and it came very natural to him. So we certainly want to infuse that into Mayberry Days. Good, clean comedy fun. Yes, comedy was definitely there, but like we said, a guy with so much talent, he went really his film debut i guess was facing the crowd which he wasn't very funny in that movie and it's considered one of the great films of that era of hollywood filmed in the memphis area and in northeast arkansas if you ever have a chance to see that rod brassfield was his co-star in that great film there in the 1950s we're talking about andy griffith you got mayberry days coming to mount airy his hometown in north carolina we're visiting right now on the y'all show with abigail linville of the mayberry days and we want to talk about what if people decide to come there in the next couple of days and check out mayberry days what are some of your hotel options in the area okay uh, that's pretty easy we have several ho- hotels here and bed and breakfast um we have hampton inns we have holiday inn express comfort inn quality inn and like i said various bed and breakfast in the area um so a good place to start for listeners would be to uh just go to our visit mayberry um that is our uh, tourism department here in mount airy and so they can help you and point you in the right direction and of course um, they list everything on their website uh as far as accommodations and restaurants and opportunities. We have a lot of things that visitors like to do. Um, One thing, besides attending the um, Andy Griffith Museum and all the shows and activities we have here, they like to go to Wally's service station and take the squad car tour around town. It's an old Ford Galaxy where they just take you around and and hit all the hot spots and talk about Andy and his life here. Yeah. Uh, So, And also a close destination if they're looking for a little extracurricular. So there's uh, you would know it as Mount Pilot from the show, but it's actually Pilot Mountain, and it's a huh. uh, North Carolina State Park. So it's a beautiful park. People can can go hiking. One of the great things about your museum there, Abigail, is that it is open seven days a week. So whether you come to Mayberry Days, that's great. But if you miss it and you need to come to Mount Airy at another time, your museum, of which you have a lot of great artifacts in there and more about Andy Griffith's life and the town of Mount Airy, it's available for you at pretty much just about every day of the year. That is correct. I also want to add that Miss Betty Lynn, Thelma Lou, uh, since she does live here, so if you can't make it for Mayberry Days, you can uh, see her. She visits the museum the third Friday of every month, starting at 1 o'clock. She meets and greets visitors every month. Now, was she from that area originally or because of the success of the show is why she kind of has settled there? No, she's actually from Kansas City. Uh, and she moved to California, of course, uh, to pursue her acting and film career. And she began attending Mayberry Days and just decided that she fell in love with the area and just made it her home. <laughs> well, that's a pretty darn good story there coming from Mount Airy, North Carolina. Now, in addition to Mayberry Days, your organization there, the Surrey Arts Council, does great work throughout the year. You have the Andy Griffith Playhouse. So what all goes on there and with your Arts Council besides Mayberry Days? Oh, the Arts Council, we are busy, busy, busy. So we do have the Andy Griffith Playhouse. So in 1975, we acquired the Rockford Street Grammar School. And that is actually sitting right next to us. That's where Andy went to elementary school. So we turned that into the Andy Griffith Playhouse with his permission in 1976. 
So from that point forward, we have uh, consistently produced community theater, um, high-caliber shows. So uh, we are just putting out our new season. Uh, just to give you a sampling, we offer programming for schools. So all of the schools in the area come uh, to experience live theater and uh, community theater. So we have Smoke on the Mountain, which is a favorite around here. Uh, the Complete Works of Shakespeare Abridged for Students, Best Christmas Pageant Ever, The Wizard of Oz, just to name a few. So we're very active. About every three months we're, we are um, pro- producing a new show. Yeah, well, that is darn good information to know. Now, that being his hometown, do you have connections to the Andy Griffith family right now with your festival? Uh, we have uh, re- we do have connections with the family. Andy Wood, Andy and his wife Cindy uh, were wonderful supporters, are wonderful supporters of the museum and everything that we do here. Uh, many of the objects we have here in the collection are a product of that friendship uh, with the Arts Council and with Emmett Forrest. And now I do have to tell you, Emmett Forrest is the founding curator of the museum. Wow. He and Andy were friends in elementary school and remained friends all of their lives. Emmett was a lifelong uh, citizen of Mount Airy and just began collecting Andy Griffith memorabilia in the 80s. And so it is because of his hard work and their friendship that we have what we have today, and that includes Mayberry Day. So we are beyond thankful. Um, so Cindy um, also has given items to the museum posthumously after Andy's passing. So we do. We have a wonderful relationship with the family, and we're very thankful uh, for their gratitude and graciousness. Um, they're supporters of our art programming. Uh, Cindy and Andy started an endowment here for the Surrey Arts Council for our summer programming. Uh, This is to provide kids who would not necessarily have the means to attend and participate in arts-based programming. It's something that was very important to him, um, and we continue to, to foster that. That's very important. All right, and, and it's good to know Cindy is carrying on the legacy. I assume she's still living in the Mantio area? Um, I, I believe so. Okay. I know that's where they were living whenever in his mm-hmm. later years there. But anyway, Andy Griffith, a hometown guy that this festival continues on now in its 30 year and celebration here in 2019. And again, this is all week long. So you need to get to Mount Airy and you need to go check it out and find out. I, I found out the Grascals are going to be part of this. That's a great music act that you'll have featured there at this year's festival. And like you said, so much going on throughout the entire week in mount airy north carolina the best thing to do is go to surreyarts.org and check out the website there for mayberry mayberry days celebrating the andy griffith show in mount airy north carolina and we certainly appreciate our special guest on today's y'all show that's abigail linville coming on from mount airy and telling us the breakdown of what is going on and we wish you all the best abigail with this year's festival well, thank you so much, Sean, for having me, and I hope your visitor, your listeners will, will come out and see us and just have a good time. It is uh, truly just a time where we celebrate uh, the Andy Griffith Show and all things wholesome and lovely and peaceful, and uh, we just welcome everybody to Mount Airy. Everybody needs a slice of Mount Airy, or maybe we should call it Mayberry, but I, I like Mount Airy <laughs> better. I can go to Mount Airy. I really can't go to Mayberry, but it is a... Yeah, I mean, Mayberry is a state of mind. <laughs> yes, yes, but here on this earth, we've got Mount Airy, thank the Lord. All right, Abigail, yes. thank you very much, and as we go to break, uh, maybe we'll do our best Andy Griffith show whistle. 
<laughs> we'll be right back with more of y'all in hour two. Don't miss it. The show that's all about the South, y'all. All right. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile, and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable, Super Fast Network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer ends 916.19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and covers not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at vistaprint.com. Own the now. Hi there. Yeah, this is y'all. Talk with a Southern accent. Good to have you back as we continue another hour of the show that's all about Dixie. And I'm John Rawl, and you can hit us up when you feel like it. 803-816-1170. Our website, yall.com. Our Instagram and Twitter accounts are at y'all show. If you miss a portion of the show and you want to go back at your leisure and listen to it, you can do that so many ways but the easiest ways are go to y'all.com and you'll see our show archived right there also you can go to a couple of streaming apps that are available for you you've got on your iphone or smartphone or perhaps your ipad you may have something called iHeartRadio. hey if you have that just go over there and search for y'all show and you'll see our big beautiful red icon staring you in the face Just click on it, and you'll like it, and you'll be set. Every day, the show will come right there to you. And then we are on TuneIn Radio, and we're also in the Apple Podcast option, if you have that on your phone 
or your iPad or your even your laptop. It's so easy to stay on top of the show that's all about the South. This is y'all talk with a Southern accent. In just a few minutes, we're going to go to Louisiana, or at least to, to a Louisiana kid. We're actually technically going to North Carolina for Peter Burns. He's going to be our special guest toward the end of this hour. Peter's with the SEC Network, the SEC Network celebrating its fifth year, and Peter's been a part of it since its formation. And we're going to discuss his rise to the SEC Network from Louisiana. And it's not been the easiest of rides to Charlotte to be a part of the SEC Network. And we'll find out. But, boy, the the ride's good now. And he's got a lot of great stuff going on professionally and personally. And we'll learn from Peter Burns. You can tune him in just about every hour of the day. You can find Mr. Burns on the SEC Network. And we'll be having a great conversation with him. And we'll also get his take on this weekend's round three of college football. You got the Alabama Crimson Tide going to Williams-Brice Stadium to take on Will Muschamp's Gamecocks. You got Florida and Kentucky going on this weekend. Can the Cats make it two in a row against the Gators? And then the intriguing matchup that's really a SEC versus Big 12 game, at least, can in, in kansas state they're heading to stark vegas and taking on mississippi state here k-state m-state all right there davis wade stadium and we'll get peter burns take on that and all the other teams that are in action this weekend but don't have the sexiest games on the schedule georgia's got a fairly easy game lsu's got a fairly easy game even those auburn tigers have a little bit of a easy game here this weekend and we'll find out from peter burns his take on all of that when we get to our sec spotlight here just a few on the y'all show plus we'll also have so much other sec information you just can't stand it some injury news and more all that coming up and even some news about georgia hey this week if you're going to athens for the game as georgia takes on arkansas state don't wear red don't wear white don't wear black Do y'all know the color to wear if you're going to Sanford Stadium, Vince Dooley Field to be specific here this football Saturday? You need to wear pink. And there's a great reason for that. And we'll tell you about it in our SEC Spotlight. All that in just a few minutes. But we start out here, the second hour of today's Y'all Show, with books in mind. And we have, thanks to the New York Times, the bestsellers. And we have some amazing news We have a brand new book at number one on the New York Times bestsellers combined print and ebook fiction list. Are you ready for the new number one book in the land, according to the New York Times? See you later, Delia Owens and Where the Crawdads Sing. Your seat on the catbird seat has now been taken over by Louise Penny and a better man. This book, the 15th book in the Chief Inspector Gamachi series, The Search for a Missing Girl, is imperiled by rising floodwaters across the province. Louise Penny, a better man, the number one book in the combined print and ebook fiction category, at least this week. Sorry, Delia Owens. I don't know what she's going to do. Remember, Delia's a North Carolinian, I think, and has done extremely well with her first book, Where the Crawdads Sing. So if Louise Penny comes in at number one, where, where, where did poor old Delia slip down to? Well, she didn't go very far. She's at number two. And actually, this week marks her 51st week on the New York Times bestselling list. 
Delia Owens, where the crawdads sing, in the quiet town in North Carolina in 1969, a young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect, where the crawdads sing. This one has gotten so much praise. I don't know why the movie's not already in the can. This thing is a huge hit, and next week will mark the one-year anniversary of this thing being out there on the bestseller list. Delia Owens, great job. Number three this week, another new book. In fact, we got new books at three, four, and five. All you book lovers out there, get your pen and paper out. Take great notes here because this is great stuff. Four of your five books are hot off the press here this week. Number three is David Lagerkrantz's The Girl Who Lived Twice. Mikhail Bloomfist helps Lisbeth Salander put her past behind her and the latest installment of Stieg Larsson's Millennium Series. Ooh, that's a lot there for you to, to take in. But yes, The Girl Who Lived Twice, number three on the combined print and ebook fiction category of the NYT. And here's a name that is pretty familiar to most of you. Coming in at number four this week in the New York Times, The Dark Side by Danielle Steele. Painful childhood memories surface for Zoe Morgan when she has a child of her own. Danielle Steele, this new book from her, she's got, I mean, give Danielle Steele credit. She's still going strong. Still putting out books, and I mean Steele as in S-T-I-L-L, but her last name S-T-E-E-L. And you know you're a darn successful author when people like me who don't read these books often, I recognize an author not by their name, but by their logo. And Danielle Steele, kind of with her name big and bold on the books, it stands out like a sore bailiwick <laughs> and uh, and she's got a huge huge presence in the book world and her book the dark side debuts this week at number four coming in at number five is Ilona andrews and sapphire flames number five on the new york Times bestseller list when her friend's mother and sister are murdered a magic user puts her own safety and reputation at risk that at number five did y'all kind of pick up on a Pretty common theme in these top five books, missing and murder. They're pretty much every one of these books have something to do with missing kids or people or murder. That's it. That's why I'm not a successful author. I, I need to write about murder and missing and other big problems. I don't know any of that that I seek to speak to write of. But, hey, congratulations to these authors all, again, in their top five. Maybe you can write a good novel and give these authors a run for the money, and you'll end up on the New York Times bestseller list. Congratulations. All right, that's one category. Let's go to the combined print and ebook nonfiction listing from the New York Times. And a lot of these have been on the list for quite some time, and they're familiar if you've been listening to me rattle them off over the last couple of months number one tara westover this book's been on here for 80 weeks on the new york times bestseller list tara westover's educated the daughter of survivalist who's kept out of school educates herself enough to leave home for university a true story from tara westover and that now 80 weeks on the new york Times bestseller list former first lady michelle obama and becoming now out for 42 weeks on the new york Times bestseller list the former first lady describes her journey from the south side of Chicago, go White Sox, to the White House and how she balanced work, family, and her husband's political ascent. 
Michelle Obama. Hey, it's about time she writes a sequel. This one's called Becoming. I wonder what the next one is. Is it called Begoing? As in, we'd be going with Michelle to the White House? Because <laughs> there's some people out there that are very serious about her running for president. And until she decides, and or until in 2020, it's set and there's no room for her to run. It's just like good old Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. And there's a lot of people on the Democratic side who would love Michelle Obama to run. Because right now, as a guy sitting on kind of the neutral side or to the Republican side, none of those candidates, I'm sorry, are not that exciting. And I don't think that you're going to see the average Joe that would go vote for a Democrat get off their tuckets and go vote for them. And Michelle Obama, I bet you she'd have a lot of people go vote for her if she decided to run. Of course, she has no political experience. But, hey, who said you needed political experience to run for president? <laughs> I think we got a pretty good example of that right now. And isn't it great that we have who we have? Because he's an example of how anybody in this country can be president. And you don't have to like the guy. And guess what? If you don't like President Trump, you can do something about it. You got your opportunity in about 13 months to go to the poll and vote him out of office. And if you love President Trump, you got your chance to go in in a couple of months and sign up again. DJT for president. Speaking of DJT, one of his fiercest, fiercest loyalists is Janine Pirro on Fox News. And she's got a hot new book that if you tune in to Fox Saturday evening, I'm sure half the show will be promoting this book because that's what they do on Fox. It's not the Fox News channel. It's the Fox Let's Sell a Book channel. Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge. The Fox News host submits that those she labels anti-Trump conspirators have committed possible crimes and a plot to destroy liberty. Now, that sounds like a good read from Judge Janine Pirro and Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge. Getting a... A lot of R's there in her book title. Trevor Noah, he would not probably agree with most things coming out of Judge Pirro's mouth. But Trevor Noah's been successful. He's had a book that's been atop the New York Times bestseller list for more than a year. For 59 weeks, he's been on the list with Born a Crime, a memoir about growing up biracial in apartheid South Africa. And he's the host of The Daily Show. Trevor has, I think, a German father and an african mother growing up there in south africa i think i got that right and this book born a crime about that david mccullough the pulitzer prize winning historian his book pioneers out right now it's been on the new york times bestseller list for 17 weeks and it tells the story of the settling of the northwest territory through five main characters certainly worth a watch or listen or read Get the ebook copy. Get your audio copy of David McCullough, who has a great voice. I don't know if he's voicing the audio version of this thing, but I'm sure he probably is. And he's got a good one, and he's a good man behind the desk of a computer when he's cranking out these historic books. And this historian, the Pulitzer Prize winner with the Pioneers, out at number five on the New York Times combined print and ebook nonfiction list. And that will wrap up our look at books here and buy the book where we do take time out to salute our authors and some of the hot new reads. And if you are out there listening and you're interested in books, hey, here is your choice of books available that are the hot sellers. Let us know if there's some really good books out there. We love to interview here on the Y'all Show authors, our Southern authors. 
and we would welcome your feedback y'all show at y'all.com is our email address and again our number is 803-816-1170 we're pro book we're also pro sec and when we come back from the break we'll have our southeastern conference spotlight we've got news from across the conference and then in a little bit we're going to go to charlotte and we'll be joined by the sec network's peter burns he's on the network all the time and we cannot wait to check up with him and find out what's up in the sec network office and what's up with the week three of college football that's happening here in a couple days all that ahead on y'all talk with us southern accent Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable, Super Fast Network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offerings 916-19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist. The only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table... Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. And those LSU Tigers getting that big win in week two against Texas. They have a little bit of a soft schedule here this week with an in-state foe coming in to Death Valley. We'll tell you about that with Peter Burns in just a few minutes. Peter Burns of the SEC Network is going to be on our special guest as the Y'all Show SEC Spotlight is upon us. And let's start out with a look at news from across the Southeastern Conference, specifically before we get to Peter on the telephone. And we have some good news for Tennessee Vols fans. Hey, you need good news on Rocky Top and sophomore cornerback Bryce Thompson has been reinstated and will be allowed to practice with the team, according to Jeremy Pruitt. Thompson had been suspended indefinitely after an August 24th arrest on a misdemeanor domestic assault charge. He was accused of threatening a woman in a campus dorm, according to a police report. 
Pruitt said in a statement that we've all taken this situation very seriously. I believe Bryce can grow by following the plan the university has put in place for him. As a result, I am allowing him to return to practice. And Thompson was a freshman All-American last season for the Tennessee Vols. And according to the report from the University of Tennessee Police, he said he would slap the S out of you, witnesses said, according to the hall director. One of those witnesses also told police he heard Thompson threaten to shoot up the school. And now Jeremy Pruitt and the University of Tennessee saying, oh, well, come on, you can you can be a part of our team. That's big time football, y'all. And he's reinstated to the Tennessee Volunteers. Bryce Thompson, maybe that'll help him beat BYU and Georgia State and other opponents they got coming up on the schedule for the Vols. UT will be squaring up against the South Carolina Gamecocks in just a couple of weeks, and the Gamecocks have Ryan Helensky now in for Jake Bentley as the Gamecock quarterback, and he's the true freshman and did a great job in his first outing against Charleston Southern this past weekend. And there's a great article out on ESPN titled, Tyler's here with us. South Carolina quarterback Ryan Helensky plays for his family. Remember, his brother Tyler was a quarterback for the Washington State Cougars and committed suicide. And now his younger brother leading an SEC offense. His family relocated to Columbia, South Carolina to be near him. And at all times, his brother is in his thoughts as Ryan wears the number three jersey, the number his older brother Tyler wore when he led Wazoo to a comeback victory over Boise State in 2017. And now the brother playing for the Gamecocks, his parents, Mark and Kim Alinsky, have become advocates for mental health care for student-athletes. They have a foundation, Alinsky's Hope, and it's begun staging seminars at athletic departments across the country, urging big, strong, competitive athletes that it's actually healthy to be vulnerable and to seek help. Yes, that is good news coming out of Columbia, South Carolina. And for the Helenskis, we wish them well as they still have many, many problems and many, as any family would, with the loss of their son, Tyler, and the unfortunate suicide that had to happen there in his case. We wish Chris Stewart all the best. Chris Stewart, a part of the Alabama Crimson Tide broadcast team, as he went back to the hospital after a post-surgery setback. If you have tuned in to the Alabama Crimson Tide radio broadcast or seen Alabama basketball or some of the less-than-exciting sports of Crimson Tide fandom, you probably are very familiar with Chris Stewart. He's also hosted the Coaches Show at times in the past, and health issues are continuing on for this native Alabamian. His wife released a statement on Wednesday revealing the longtime voice of various Crimson Tide sports was dealing with an infection related to his recovery. He had bypass surgery back on August 12th and has been sidelined since, and he's been hospitalized for nearly two weeks with this infection. Doctors, the statement goes on to say, are optimistic that Stewart will have a full recovery. Crimson Tide Sports Network put a statement out that said, on behalf of his wife, Christy Stewart, we would like to update everyone on the health of Chris Stewart, who is in the need of prayers at this time. A very scary situation for Chris Stewart, who suffered a stroke in April of 2018 that required a long recovery, but was back courtside to call his 17th season of Alabama basketball games. And he's been really, if you've tuned in to Eli Gold and the crew on the Alabama Football Radio Network, you've not heard his voice, which has been such a big part of that over the years. But we wish Chris Stewart all the best with this post-surgery setback as he's in the hospital there in central Alabama. 
and ready to get his voice back on the airwaves. To the plains of Auburn we go, and head coach Gus Malzahn in his press conference this week kind of gave a little shade to Nick Saban over Nick Saban's recent criticism about having a noon kickoff time. As Malzahn told reporters, our guys are excited to be back home for our second home game, playing a very solid Kent State 6 p.m. kick. Personally, I wish it was at noon. We'd have more time to prepare for our next opponent. And Saban and Alabama officials complained this week about that noon start time that the tie will have against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles on September 21st. I don't know what Tricky Nick's so uh, mad about. You know, you don't always get the prime time matchups. And somebody's got to play those early games. And last week, Alabama played New Mexico State when it's pretty hot. And they won 62-10. to 10. And, Nick, you got to kind of get used to it. This is the, the joy of what I call the old Jefferson Pilot time slot. Those early games that used to be reserved for Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and University of Mississippi. Those are the teams that always seem to have that early game when there was the syndicated Jefferson Pilot Network. And now Alabama, thanks to the SEC Network, you're getting the uh, bad time slots. And if you don't like it, Play better teams in Southern Miss. But I like you playing Southern Miss. Remember, Southern Miss has defeated the Crimson Tide more than a few times throughout the course of these two programs. All right, there is a Mid-South tie to the Antonio Brown controversy that's going on. The now New England Patriots wide receiver who got out of Oakland this week without ever actually playing in a real game for the Raiders. And a woman's accused him of rape. This woman is actually a Memphian, Brittany Taylor, who was a LSU gymnast in her collegiate days. She transferred to LSU from Central Michigan, where she knew Mr. Brown when he was a football player for the Chippewas. That's the connection there. But she's now accusing him of rape. More to come on that. This is not an NFL show. Antonio Brown, who is a native of South Florida, he's got a lot of problems both on and off the field. But I do want to point out a former LSU gymnast has a connection to him, and she's the one now claiming that he raped her. Georgia coach Kirby Smart weighed in. We talked about Nick Saban and Gus Malzahn, and Malzahn maybe putting a little jab toward Nick Saban there with his comments this week. Well, Kirby Smart, he actually had something to say about locker rooms. Remember the story came out of Austin, Texas this past weekend. LSU said there wasn't any air conditioning at Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium in Austin on the 40 acres in the visitor locker room. No air conditioning, at least, or it wasn't working good enough, okay? Maybe somebody left a couple of windows up, Coach O. Well, Coach Kirby Smart of the Georgia Bulldogs, he's saying that SEC road locker rooms are dungeons. Yeah, that's what he said. He says some of the SEC facilities on the road, y'all should go around and do a story on because they're not very good locker rooms in the SEC on the road. They're mostly the old 60s and 70s locker rooms from stadium to stadium. It'd be a nice little story some of the places that i've been to and the dungeons you've been in they're not high quality and i'm not picking on other places because it's not very good here they're not very nice that's just the way it is and somebody's probably going to follow kirby smart's advice and go in and see what a visiting locker room is like <laughs> yeah you um yeah it's not supposed to be that comfortable from what i understand you're supposed to not have the best of time in fact when the bulldogs were at vanderbilt recently They were severely cramped into the visiting locker room there, and that was the first game of the season. Michael Barnett said that that was the recent example of a visiting locker room that he went to. He said, I mean, 
how you're sitting right there with the camera right there and the camera right there and that's how the lockers are set up so i i don't know maybe with all the money the sec has they could make a little bit more space and put a couple of more coats of fresh paint in these visiting locker rooms hey if you're going to go see kirby smart and the dogs this week play yeah you might want to know this announcement we want to help out not only georgia but the visiting arkansas state red wolf indians unfortunately the head coach of arkansas state blake anderson his wife just passed away and she died of breast cancer and in a show of support for arkansas state and to help out with breast cancer awareness fans of the georgia bulldogs are being asked to wear pink for this week's game and the hashtag trending is wear pink for wendy the wife of blake anderson who died again back in august after a two-year battle with breast cancer now we were sad about her loss, but maybe some good can come of it. And how cool would that be to see a SEC football stadium in pink? And I think it's going to happen. And I think it just takes a little effort. And Bulldogs battling breast cancers on Twitter, at BBBC underscore Athens. They're kind of helping stir the word up around Athens and the classic city about wear pink for Wendy. And what a great gesture. Again, this is for the visiting coach's wife. Blake Anderson's wife, Wendy, there in Jonesboro, Arkansas, dying after her two-year battle with breast cancer. We wish them all the best with that pink, Everton. I'll put on my pink, too, come Saturday. And speaking of fashion and LSU land this weekend, they've got an in-state battle as they're going to be taking on the Northwestern State Demons out of Natchitoches, and that is Ed Orgeron's alma mater. And Coach O wants to look good in his battle against his alma mater. And, hey, the LSU Tigers are going to wear purple jerseys. That's pretty cool. They do that usually about once a year. And they're going to have this really cool white helmet that they sometimes wear. I remember when that thing first debuted. I believe it was in the Independence Bowl, perhaps against Texas A&M. And then they wore it a couple of years later when they played Tulane just after Hurricane Katrina. I love that white LSU helmet. And it's going to be looking good on the Tigers when they play the Demons here this weekend at Death Valley. And that is your fashion news for today's SEC report. Speaking of looking good and LSU too, when we come back, he grew up in Baton Rouge. Peter Burns is with the SEC Network and he's standing by. We're going to find out about his rise to the Charlotte-based network and all that they do for Southeastern Conference football, basketball, baseball fans, even a little gymnastics on the SEC Network from time to time, and golf and all the other fun SEC sports. Peter Burns is going to tell us about his role there at the SEC Network. Also, we'll get his take on this week's action in the Southeastern Conference as we wrap up this Thursday, y'all. Our SEC Spotlight continues. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. 
Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Back into Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, our SEC Spotlight. And we're delighted to now be joined by the SEC Network's Peter Burns, who's been on the network since it started in 2014. We'll have him talk a little bit about the network and also what's going on in week three of the Southeastern Conference. But first off, welcome into the Y'all Show, Peter, a Louisiana native. I'm excited, man. It's uh, it's nice to be here. It's uh, you know, it's 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 so good that we got college football, right? Like, <laughs> it feels like you know, it feels you know, it's 365 days a year for us, you know, that we love it. But you know, you talk in so many hypotheticals, and you think, all right, by the end of it, you're just kind of spinning your wheels, and then finally, you're hoping you're like, all right, is this going to live up to the hype? And things like you know, Ole Miss defense being better is good. You know, LSU's offense being real. So it's nice to finally get that and uh, and see it firsthand. And Peter, you're not one of those SEC network slackers. You're there year round. Some of those guys kind of show up when football season begins. Yeah, I give I give hell to Chiswick and 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 Spears and those guys. You know, they just kind of hang out the rest of the time while we're doing all the hard work and you know talking about uh, you know baseball and basketball season. So man, it's 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 an absolute blast. Like, and I I was telling my wife yesterday I was watching that Saturdays in the South documentary and I'm like, you know, to be able to do what we do. Yeah, I got to pinch myself sometimes because I'm so excited that we get a chance to do it. And it's amazing that the network now has been going on for five years. And it's amazing that the SEC, with all its power and might, didn't have this thing going on 10, 15, 20 years ago. I guess we weren't quite there as a society and and technology-wise. But sure enough, the SEC network now five years young. And Peter Burns, a big part of that. And you're a guy that, let's be honest, I've read some stories about you you kind of stumbled into your opportunity there at the SEC Network. <laughs> yeah, I stumble a lot still, you know, uh, on air. But, yeah, it was kind of a crazy deal. I owned my own sports radio company in Denver, and I was a sports radio show host. And, uh, you know, a, an agent saw me when I was in New York City when the Broncos were playing the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, you know, gosh, way back in the day, 2014, I guess. And uh, he said, hey, you know, you ever had any interest doing television? I said, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a little that I know, they're the same company that reps Bob Costas and, and, and Mike Tirico and a bunch of big people and, you know, signed with them. And then they said, hey, let's send you up to ESPN. And I auditioned for a bunch of, you know, I met a bunch of people and they said, hey, you know, we're all we're launching this little thing called the SEC Network. Do you like the SEC? And I said, oh, buddy, man, I'm born and raised in Baton Rouge. And I said, man, I, I you know, that, that's my wheelhouse there. So I'd never done TV, never read a, you know, highlight or never read a teleprompter and, Ultimately, when I went to the interview, I thought, oh, man, there's no way in hell I'm going to get this. But this is going to be a cool story to say I at least auditioned for it. And sure enough, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, I guess they couldn't find anybody else. And they were stuck with me for the last five years. Well, you've done a darn good job. And obviously, you're there because of your talent. But you also have a pretty good agent out there. So pat them on the back <laughs> when you get a chance. 
Oh, I trust me, I do, and I pay him well for that too. So it's, <laughs> he's happy. He's happy for it as well. So, all right. Well, Peter Burns, you are certainly glad. We loved seeing you on the SEC Network and all the other. Uh, I guess you're on the radio, satellite radio, a good bit as well. But your story isn't exactly all rainbows and unicorns. You've had some hardship along the way, and you if you've been in this business, you're going to have hardship. Yeah, and, and and I think everybody has a unique story, you know. I mean, you know, mine's kind of interesting in the fact of, you know, I mean, I, um, you know, I was married to my best friend for the longest time, you know, for about five years right out of college, and you know, was just working in the gas and oil industry, and you know, one day come home from a from a road trip. Actually, I came home from you know watching the Super Bowl in Las Vegas with some friends, and came home, and my house was empty. And, you know, and, and my wife at the time just had kind of, she was a model and she had like a little midlife model crisis and took off. And I, I saw her one time the rest of my life after that, it was kind of crazy. So after that, I kind of said, you know what, I'm going to go after every single job that I want and every single opportunity and try to get into sports talk radio. And sure enough, um, started there in San Antonio, Texas, and just started kind of slowly, slowly chipping away at opportunities. And, uh, and now I get to talk to you and, cover the best conference in the country man it's uh it's a weird ride how the, the how life works sometimes it, it is a weird ride and you also found love again and you even have a fairly young daughter i believe i do yeah my little daughter bo burns is um you know it almost sounds like a, she's probably gonna be an old miss cheerleader at some point you know it's just that's it's, that's the name right there so uh yeah we got almost a two-year-old and we're expecting our our first baby boy here on uh, on halloween which is crazy because you know, I'm an LSU guy. I married a, a diehard Alabama fan, and Halloween is Nick Saban's birthday. Saying our daughter's born on Halloween, and our son is due on Halloween. So, <laughs> I, um, kind of a kind of a crazy world we live in. Well, we know in the South we're not supposed to get married during the football season, and I'm guilty of getting married on an Ole Miss Alabama football game many years ago. Oh. That, by the way, that marriage did not work out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you, I don't know what you were thinking when you planned the birth of your child in the middle of football season. What what was that all about? Trust me, uh, you can. Well, we you know when you start doing the math, you realize you know nine months ago. You know, <laughs> if you subtract nine months, that's right after football season. So you can tell my uh, wife and I uh, enjoy our lives and we go on vacation a little bit after football season to relax. And sure enough. Uh, Every two years, it seems like we bring home a present. Oh, man. Well, we're excited for you adding on to the Burns household. Well, again, the SEC Network, five years strong. And, Peter, you have some different roles there on the network. Fill us in. Your roles have changed a little bit through the years. What, what do we find you doing these days there? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a little bit of everything. So, I, you know, I'm still the, one of the, the main anchors for SEC Now, which is our nightly kind of sports center show. Um, so I do that. And then during football season on the football games, I'll normally do a, uh, the halftime of the noon kickoff game. And then we have an SEC now, like a bridge show to get us from the noon game to the 4 p.m. kickoff. So I'll do that show as well. And then um, kind of cool over the last two seasons, what they do is I, I host a Monday through Friday radio show on Sirius XM. And so what they've done now is they simulcast like the Paul Feinbaum show. They put my radio show on television every Monday. So that's cool. And then on, on Sundays, I host a show in about 200 cities for ESPN radio. So from uh, about August the 1st to January 1st, I, I work seven days a week. So it's, it's busy. It's busy. But I think if I'm not mistaken, you're doing something you actually enjoy doing. God forbid. I never, <laughs> that's why I work so hard at it. You know, it's a great point. I never, 
I never want to have to go back to a, another job. I've right, I've got a little radio clock in my room, in my house that I, I do my show. I got a studio in my home and I've got a little, I've got it. It, it says 5,000 next to it. Hmm. And it's just a way for me to realize every single day how lucky I am because if, you know, if my job came available tomorrow and res, you know, there'd be 5,000 people that would send a resume for my job. So it's a, it's a good reminder when you wake up at 515 in the morning and, you know, you're thinking, all right, what are we going to talk about today? Well, guess what? You know, smiling and, and be happy you get a chance to do it because uh, a lot of people would kill for it. This is the Y'all Show Talk with an accent on all things Southern. We have Peter Burns of the SEC Network joining us now as the SEC schedule this weekend, week three of college football. There's most of the teams are kind of what I call minor league action this weekend. I would say about three major league contests going on in the Southeastern Conference in week three. Some of the minor league contests include Arkansas State traveling between the hedges to take on number three, Georgia. You have the Chattanooga Mocks going going to Knoxville, and Tennessee awaits. Will the Vols get their first win of the season? Hmm. Southeastern Louisiana, the Lions go to Oxford for a game at Vaughn-Hemingway Stadium. Colorado State and Arkansas, a matchup this weekend. Kent State, Nick Saban U goes to Auburn to take on the Tigers. The Florida Gators and Kentucky are one of those good matchups this weekend. Lamar, the Cardinals are at College Station to take on the Aggies. The Demons of Northwestern State at LSU this weekend. And SEMO is going to be visiting their in-state foe in the Missouri Tigers. And then the games, again, that I want to kind of single out here with you, Peter, you got the Alabama Crimson Tide at South Carolina, that Florida-Kentucky game, and you have Kansas State going into Starkville to take on Mississippi State. So, first off, let's kind of get your take on any of these minor league matchups, particularly the programs. Let's say a Tennessee and all the drama. I know it's been a lot of fun for you on the SEC Network with some of this action going on on Rocky Top. What What's your take on what's, what all's there? Yeah, just, I mean, again, it, it goes to show you when things fall on recruiting in tough times, it's it's not easy to just snap your fingers and think it's going to get better. I mean, you think of the history of Robert Nealon and everything that the Vols program has had, and it's in a dark spot right now. And I think it's still too young or too early to tell what's going to happen with Jerry Pruitt if he's the right guy. You know, Garantano has to play better. I mean, it, that's what it comes down to. And, and, you know, I mean, that's a program that I thought was going to have a little bit of success. I mean, I thought they were a six and six team. I did not expect that start. So, you know, that to me is is an intriguing game. All the other ones, you know, you're kind of w- going to wait and see. But you know, the ones that I like to talk about are obviously Mississippi State and K State. I mean, you know, State just absolutely just dominated what? them last year. That would be Mississippi so State hoping- beating Kansas State last year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm hoping that Mississippi State again. I, I, you know, Tommy Stevens is not going to be a hundred percent, you know, and probably won't play in that game. So, you know, I want to see a lot of Kylan Hill. I want to see that defense step up too, because you know they've got a they've got a talented quarterback, Skylar Thompson. I want to see if um, if State's going to be able to shut them down the way that they did with that incredible front from last season. Of course, K-State comes in with a coach this year in his first year in Manhattan, and he did wonders at North Dakota State. Will that transition to the FBS level? We'll see. Big game there at Davis Wade. The Cowbells will be out in force. And then let's talk about Alabama going into Williams-Price Stadium for the mid-afternoon, the CBS debut, and the Tide and the Gamecocks, a place last time Alabama visited Williams-Price, a big loss back in 2010. Yeah, 2010, and it's funny, you know, 
Nick Saban was asked about that, about what can you take from that experience? He goes, man, the guys that I'm coaching right now are nine years old. So I don't know if, you know, and I don't know if they were too dialed into film at nine years old. But, um, you know, I honestly, I really wish Jake Bentley would have been 100 percent for that game. And, you know, but, um, you know, now we're going to see true freshman Ryan Helensky. That's a that's a hell of a welcome to SEC as a starter. Right. You know, it's one thing to play Charleston Southern and put up numbers. And now you got to play the second ranked team in the country in Alabama. So, you know, I expect that to be, you know, I think fairly competitive for about a quarter and a half. And I just I'm curious to see what the offensive game plan is going to be like for McClendon. You know, do they just try to say, hey, listen, man, you know, let's a uh, dollar and a dream. Let's, let's just go out there and run our offense like we normally would and hope, or will they try to be a little bit more close to the vest and protect Helensky is a true freshman only making a second start. So ultimately I don't think it necessarily matters a whole heck of a lot. I think Alabama is just a, just unstoppable right now offensively. And I figure that'll be probably be still a 30 touch three touchdown win for the tide. Well, Will Muschamp's offense with Helensky instead of Bentley, it does change a little bit, does it not? Yeah, I mean, they're really going to try to simplify that for Helensky coming in. So, And that's the right call. And really, I mean, at the end of the day, you're probably not going to be able to trick Alabama regardless. So you know, your best thing is to simplify the playbook and just try to do that extremely well and you know, hope to hell that you get a couple of tip passes and some chaos ensues. But um you know i know that crowd will be rocking but uh, it'll also be about 100 degrees too so um i know alabama wants to see a lot of those fans go home at halftime because the game's out of control if it ain't swaying we ain't playing at williams bryce stadium that game set for a 3:30 columbia time kick again on cbs between the tide and the gamecocks we're visiting with peter burns of the sec network this our sec spotlight and we're getting ready for week three of college football here on the y'all show and 31 years that was the length of florida's streak over the kentucky wildcats that streak came to an end in 2018 with the cats winning in the swamp and on this saturday night on espn at seven eastern at kroger field the cats and the florida gators get back together this is going to be a fun one to tune in to see if kentucky which has to reload with a new quarterback their normal quarterback out for the rest of the year with injury what's going to happen there peter burns yeah it's it stinks that terry wilson who had looked so good kind of you know really you know good and much better against toledo when he got injured in last week's game against eastern um i think it was kentucky or eastern washington one of those two teams that uh, he's out and remainder for the year. So, you know, they like this kid, Sawyer Smith. I mean, he was, he played at Troy. Um, you know, I, I've been talking to people at, at Kentucky. They don't think the playbook's going to change a whole lot. Um, and now it's a matter of, Hey, you know, I mean, remember they almost beat them two years ago in Lexington, but they couldn't cover a wide receiver. Um, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I like Cavassier smoke. I like AJ Rose of this team. And I, I want to see, can you put some pressure on, on Felipe Franks and more importantly can the crowd put for pressure on Felipe because he's such an emotional player when things are going well he looks great but if they if all of a sudden Stoops can dial up a defense and get him flustered early all of a sudden Kentucky's got a chance to win that game two years in a row could happen it could happen for big blue nation now some of these teams that are ranked in the top 25 that have less than exciting matchups this weekend georgia's got the red wolves of arkansas state coming in to sanford stadium and peter what do you think of georgia 2019 versus what we've seen with kirby smart's team in years past 
Yeah, I mean the same that they're they're the elite, and I think that's what happens when your recruiting class is that good. And they kind of quietly taking care of business and under the radar. You know, everybody's talking about LSU. Of course, they play Northwestern State, and Kirby doesn't mind that. Kirby doesn't mind that everyone's talking about the Tigers in their offense. So they'll just quietly keep developing their wide receivers. So I think they'll have success. I do want to see what Bo Nix and Auburn can kind of do going forward the next couple of weeks to make sure that you know that offense is starting to develop and. I mean, LSU looks like a contender now, and they got about a month of games starting with Northwestern State they where you know, they should be able to outmuscle everybody. Uh, as long as they stay healthy, they're going to be a contender right there with, um, you know, I, I firmly believe Alabama and Georgia. LSU, you don't think it's going to have a real test until they face off against the Crimson Tide? Uh, I mean, t- I think Florida. Florida will give them a good test. Um, but So that's why I'm curious to see what happens with Florida and Kentucky this week. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that LSU has an offense now that reminds me of Bama's last year when just it's explosive. How are you going to stop it? Um, the difference is I don't think LSU's defense is where it wants to be right now. So um, that's something that in the next week or two they really, you know, Ogeron totally told me yesterday on my show Monday or earlier in the week on Monday that he wants he was not happy with the defense. So I think he wants to tune that up a little bit. Well, Orgeron and yourself are both natives of Louisiana, but you don't quite sound like Ed Orgeron. <laughs> That's what happens, man. My family was in the gas oil industry, so I lived in Louisiana growing up till I was about 10, and then, uh, you know, four different cities in Texas, and then Denver, and now Charlotte. So, yeah, I kind of wish, though, working with the SEC network, I kind of wish I had that little boo dance, some uh, jambalaya and couscous <laughs> uh, accent, but now I'm stuck with just a. Uh, a normal, 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 normal white guy golf accent. So southern accent, okay. though, Peter. Don't southern. be mistaken. You you do have a good <laughs> southern accent. And this is a show all about the southern accent here on the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent. And so you be proud of that. Don't you be embarrassed by that southern accent, Peter Burns. Hey, you know me. I'm always repping everything related to the SEC. I mean, I don't know if anybody loves SEC as much as I do, top to bottom. So uh, and I'm, I'm proud to carry that banner, man. And it shows each and every day when you see Peter Burns on the SEC Network and all the other work he's doing on social media and on satellite radio. You can find him on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN and look forward to following him not only on game day, but each day of the week. Peter Burns, thank you very much and continued success the rest of the 2019 football season. Let's enjoy it because before we know, we'll blank it. It'll be all over. So I appreciate it. Let's do it again soon. And if we could send you one thing from Louisiana to make you feel a little bit more comfortable in Metro Charlotte, what, what would that be, sir? Man, I just, you know, give me give me some good uh, fried crawfish po' boy and some good po' boy bread. So I can't really find it here. So when crawfish season comes, uh, if you can find a way to get something to Charlotte, I'm in, I'll be in a damn good mood. All right. Well, I'm a native Carolinian, and I'm, I don't live in that area now. And if you could maybe give it a little swap, swap with me here, I could use some cheer wine and some Bojangles <laughs> chicken would be great. We can. Well, I guarantee you, we can make that trade work, my friend. <laughs> Peter Burns, everybody. Well, that will wrap up our y'all show today. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back here with more excitement on the Friday, y'all. Thanks for listening to the show. That's all about the South, y'all. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <laughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table... 
Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. <sighs> For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable, Super Fast Network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer ends 916.19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and covers not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at vistaprint.com. Own the now.